picture of me with a print table in front of me. I would have a big old roll of prints, a schematic pulled out in front of me looking at, and I'd probably be sitting down looking at it and thinking of what's the next step. Because that whole print and schematic, you look at a pair of schematics, that is how everything is going to look when you put it in the air. For me, my mind would be a painting pretty much of me looking down at a set of prints, getting things together, and just checking to see where everything's going to go so everything's put in the proper What's up, world? Have you ever wondered, what does my friend actually do at work? Because if so, welcome to Take Your Homeboy to Workday podcast. I am your host, BA, and here's what you can expect by tuning in. Each episode, I interview guests from different professions and dive into exactly what they do and how they came to be in their roles. I'll also have them open up about how they find fulfillment through their work. So for anyone interested in hearing the firsthand experience of a specific career, these conversations are your launching pad. Today, we're discussing the skilled trades of plumbing, HVAC specialist, or heating, ventilation, and air conditioning, truck driving, and entrepreneurship. Now, one of my favorite comedy scenes is the bathroom scene from Friday when Pops tells Craig he needs to look in that paper and find himself a trade. And while I laughed at the awkwardness of Craig being in the bathroom with his dad, it didn't miss me that the message was to learn a skill that will support you through life. And quick fun fact, the U.S. Department of Labor reports skilled trade educations are more likely to be employed than those with academic degrees. Because in fact, trade school is less expensive than a traditional four-year degree, offers more job security since it can't be outsourced, and will have availability since more tradespeople, who are usually baby boomers and Gen Xers, will be retiring soon. Today's guest is Quentin Harden, a 20-year professional in plumbing, HVAC, and truck driving, and now has expanded into business ownership. His principle of treating each job as if he's working on his own equipment has earned him high praise and acclaim from clients and his union peers. He loves how this career has allowed him to see the country, meet some of the coolest people, and design his life how he sees fit. He's charted his own path as an independent thinker and is here to share why skilled trades are valuable to our society and possibly to your life. Welcome to the show. Uh, thank you, thank you. Um, glad for you having me on here today. I definitely uh, appreciate the part where you was talking about Friday there. That is definitely a good movie there. So definitely <laughs> thank you for uh, bringing bring back the old times there. <laughs> of course, of course, man. <laughs> So I guess my first thing is, uh, you know, I know that you love what you do, but to you, why is the work of plumbing and HVAC work so important to our society? All right. Well, let's start with this. When it comes to plumbing and HVAC, first what you have is uh, you have indoor heating and air conditioning. Also, when it comes down to the plumbing side, you also have which is indoor plumbing. 
And if you look at a lot of things, you go through some of these other different countries, a lot of people don't have those essentials that we do have. Yeah. So when it comes to me doing HVAC, it allows me to bring climate control to wherever you're working at, to your residence, the home that you're at, wherever you're working. So, you know, when it comes to the wintertime, you're able to have that heat. Also, mm-hmm. when it comes to the summertime, you're able to have that AC because you don't want to be outside, you know, burning up. It's, it's, never, <laughs> it's not like being able to come into a house. And it's not like from being outside and let's say it's like 100 degrees and then when you come in the house, you just get that nice brisk of air that just cross your face. <sighs> you feel so good. Yeah. Nice Everybody doesn't have that. But I always look at it. That's that's the luxury. That's the luxury that us as Americans are able to have. And of course we're gonna enjoy it. If we have it, we can enjoy it. Then also when it comes down to plumbing, you know, I, I will keep it real, that's also another luxury. You'd be surprised some countries nowadays still don't have indoor plumbing, you know, they still use outhouses. So when it comes down to indoor plumbing, you have the luxury to be able to take care of all your duties inside of your house instead of having to go yeah well said well said thank you for that quick uh overview of why it's important and once again reminding us here in america how good we have it even when it doesn't seem like it so so those the way you use the word luxury and having air conditioning and heating and plumbing is 100 percent a luxury so thank you for even using that word i appreciate it uh, so no problem yeah like that uh, yeah, so so let me ask, uh, how did you get into this? Um, I mean, you know, was there somebody in the family who introduced it to it? Or did you always know that you wanted to go into this work when you were younger? What drew you to this skill trade and this career? All right. I graduated back in 02. Okay. At that time, I was still, yeah. <laughs> hey, time flies. Time right, flies right. I'm 39 years old now, so it's amazing how, how fast time has flown. Me and you have known each other for a long time. It's 20 years and going. So. Yeah. When you Since 98. When you me into it, 98, man. Yeah. That's a long time. Yeah. And like I said, I, I graduated in 02, so pretty much it was one of those things where I didn't really know what I was going to do. What I did do was I – uh. I registered and got into Columbus State because what I was going to do at the time, I was going to go to uh, computer programming. At the same time as I was doing that, I was still a little bit lost. I got a cousin. His name is Jermaine Harden. Uh, he is a plumber and pipe fitter out of local 189. It's a union hall there. He's pretty much probably been in there for a good 10 or so years before mm-hmm. I joined. He pretty much told me about it. He explained the process, and then what he had said to me, which you, since you don't know what career, what path you're looking at, give this a try and see if you like it. Because pretty much, he did the same thing on his end. Someone told him about it. He ended up joining, and then you'll be surprised. Like, you know what? Uh, I kind of like this. This is actually not as bad as I thought. Mm-hmm, pretty mm-hmm. much, my cousin told me about it. I, you know, I went down there when the time when they were accepting uh, applications. I filled one out, and really about the time when I graduated from high school, they got back with me and let me know that I was uh, invited to come down, you know, do a little interview real quick. And once they accepted me from that point, I pretty much have been – I've been in the union hall ever since. And it definitely has been a, a dream to me. It has it has changed my life. It's changed my family. Mm-hmm. It's also a trade job. When it comes down to a trade job, this trade, I didn't have to put any money – to be able to be part of this. 
right. comes down to a lot of colleges. I don't, I don't knock colleges in any way. Colleges are a great thing, but it all depends on what you're going for. Mm-hmm. Some colleges, a lot of degrees you get, they're worthless. I'm not going to mm-hmm. lie, but some degrees you get, I mean, if you're going to be, a, okay, let's say you're going to go be a doctor, you're going to go be a nurse, there's a lot of things, there's a lot of careers that you'll have to have that college degree, and it will be useful in that area. But some degrees you'll go to, and you'll be surprised how many people go to college, and the degree that they got for what they do, they're not even in that field no more. At the same time, they're still paying student loans on something that they don't even do. Yeah. So when it comes to doing trades, I definitely appreciate when a lot of different teachers or people come out to all these high schools. And it, I love to see when they come out and at least acknowledge and let the kids know that there, there's other opportunities out there that you can do. Because usually in your head, it's like, I got to go to college. Mm-hmm. Which is fine. It depends on what you're going for. But when it comes to these trade jobs, like I do plumbing and piping, you got electrical, you have an el- you have an elevator junior hall. There's so many different trades out there, and you will be surprised on what they pay. And the thing about it, don't let it get you food. A lot of these trade jobs pay way more than what these college degrees that you get. Plus, you're not paying student loans for these trade jobs. Right, right. Yeah. So when you join, uh, so versus going to a traditional four-year college, going into debt, you're able to do an interview, hopefully get into the union, prove yourself. And then you start an apprenticeship for how long is usually an apprenticeship? All right. Apprentice, it's a five-year apprenticeship. Okay. So you come in, you'll go right ahead, go right ahead. No, uh, my next question was going to be like, what is what is joining? What is going through the apprenticeship like? Um, is there classroom time? Uh, is it most of it actually being out in the field and learning firsthand from somebody? What's it like going through that apprenticeship program? The apprenticeship is a, it's a pretty much just put it this way. It's 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 a life changing experience. So when it comes down, you're pretty much like you know when they call somebody, you know, you're the newbie or you're like the green person that comes in. When you come as a, a first-year apprentice, pretty much what they do is after you join the hall, they got you in there, pretty much they usually take about 20 to 25 apprentices at a time. And if anybody wants to know or think about joining in, it's usually around April in the beginning of the year when they do start putting out them applications and are accepting apprentices for the next year. Mm-hmm. So what they'll okay. do is they'll bring you all in, they'll explain the process, and then what they do – through our union hall, we have about, I don't know, there could be maybe 20, 25 companies within the union hall. I'll list a couple. Sauer, Bruner, Johnson Control. These are just a couple companies that are in the union hall. And what they'll do is they'll take they'll take all of us, and then they will dis- distribute us all. They'll, they'll send us out to different jobs. Uh, if Bruner needs so many apprentices, let's say they need five or six, they'll send five or six of you out there. And the thing about it, which the good thing about it, we have like a plumbing side. We also have an HVAC side. So you mm-hmm. have a one to five years that you do when it comes to apprentice. So now when you come in as an apprentice, I believe now a first year apprentice makes, it could be like 20 to 25, if I'm not giving you the right number. It's somewhere oh, between there. So that's, yeah. That's, that makes it, started, that's money. That's real money. Started, yeah. <laughs> that, and look, that's what I'm trying to say now. I mean, now, you go to some college and come out and think you'll be making that. You see what I'm saying? You, you still have yeah. to work your way up to it. You have to show yourself. 
put this mm-hmm. one on. I got my college degree. What, what am I needing to show you? I already showed you I went to college four years. Right. <laughs> so, but that's, that's just how things end. So you're about 20 to 25. So let's say for myself, you have you have one to five years. Every year that you're in there, your pay goes up by the years. So you do your first year, you'll make maybe like, what, 20, 25. Your third year, you'll probably be 28, 29. Everything goes up per year. And what they'll do, they'll put you out on with a certain company. You may stay with that company your whole five years. You could get switched around every year. It really depends on how much work the company has that you're able to do. So mm-hmm. when I first came in, I went to a company called uh, Train Columbus, right out here in Columbus. It's off uh, City Gate Road, not far from the airport. Here. Train Columbus is an HVAC company. They do a lot of the big commercial HVAC work. A lot of these companies, whether it comes to the malls, all these places I'm talking about where it comes to dealing with chillers, it comes to dealing with cooling towers, anything that has to deal with your HVAC needs in the commercial area, that's where train comes in. So I end up going over the train, and really one of the reasons I end up getting lucky to go over there because I had a good driving record. You see what I'm saying? Mm. Mm-hmm, when you mm-hmm. work for train, see, I end up getting a, I end up getting my own vehicle and everything. You, you, you have to be able to get around. You know, you have to be able to drive the vehicles around. So when it comes down to insurance, just like anything else, you got a bad job record. What's your insurance gonna look like? It's, it's gonna skyrocket. That's how yep. anything is. Mm-hmm. So I end up going out the train. Now, me as an apprentice, I work for what they call. It's called a journeyman. It's either a journeyman or it's a journeywoman. That's someone that's pretty much to say that's someone that's been in the trade for over five years. So okay. pretty much a lot of people that I'm working with, and eh, these people probably been working for at least 15 years and over or so that I work with. So my job as an apprentice, I go out and work with different journeymen out there with train. So maybe somebody might be working on a chiller. Maybe somebody might be working on some rooftop units. But pretty much whatever they're working on, they're showing me and they're teaching me how everything is done. So pretty much every day I go out, it's a learning process. Everything starts with safety. After safety, everything's all about troubleshooting and understanding how a unit works. You're taking me through. You know, I'm just like a child. I, when I'm there, I'm there to learn. I'm there to take in all the information. The more mm-hmm. information you understand makes it easier for you to work on your, by yourself so you understand what's happening. And then hopefully sooner down the line, you're able to take that information and give it to somebody else. So that's how everything works. So I would go to work from 7 to 3.30. After 7 to 3.30, then I would go to school. That started about 5.30 to 9. And pretty much I would do that throughout the whole whole work schedule, throughout the whole year. That's how it works. And then the next year, once you graduate up the second year, you could luckily be at the same place. You know, you already know everybody there. I end up staying with train for a little bit over three years. Mm-hmm. Then after that one, I ended up going to a company called Bruner. Now, when I went to Bruner, Bruner does HVAC, but Bruner also has a plumbing side also. They have a really big plumbing side. So my first three years was all HVAC, and then my last two years of apprenticeship, I did nothing but plumbing. And what I, what I do say I will like about how that happened is that within my apprenticeship, I was able to learn both sides. So now instead of what I do now, instead of just doing HVAC, which is fine, I also am able to do the plumbing side because I was also able to learn the ins and outs from both sides through my five years 
which pretty much made me a well diverse person. Makes sense. Makes sense. And thank you for that thorough explanation of the the matriculation through the apprenticeship program. And you actually did a perfect segue into my next question, um, which is about how much can somebody make? So I know in the first year you said that you can make somewhere between 20 and $25 an hour, which sounds a lot better than going into $25,000 worth of debt during your freshman year in college. As you matriculate through each year, can you make more money? And then after you graduate from your apprenticeship, how much can somebody expect to make? Right now, a journeyman is pulling in $50, $55 an hour. Oh, okay. Pretty much every year, this goes up. So you're making $55 an hour now, right? Next year, you could be at, I don't know, what maybe $56 and some change. They have a contract. It pretty much every four years, the contract is redone, and they're negotiating, you know, for more and more money. So right now, you're about at 55. So you, so when you think about stuff, you think about this is a trade job. You didn't have to go to college for. Mm-hmm. You put in, you put in five, you put in five years of your life that is going to pretty much make you a better person and make you understand more. That's also going to bring more money to the table, and you're making fifty five dollars an hour. Mm-hmm. And as we was talking here, like I said, I I don't I don't knock colleges. It just all depends on what you're going for. And most of the degrees, I mean, if it's not in that doctor field somewhere, most of the degrees you're going to get, you're still not going to be making fifty five after you get out of your four years of college. Yeah. And the thing that sucks when it comes down to college, not only would you not be making $55 an hour when you get out of college, now you have this big student loan debt that you have. Hopefully you're working in your field to even pay it back. Hopefully you're even in that field still. And that's yep. the thing about it with some of these degrees. The thing about it, as we had this conversation before, if you choose to go to college or whatever, whatever it is that you want to do, and let's say you want to go to college for it, Make sure to first know what it pays. You want to know what it pays when you get out. Like when mm-hmm. you get out, how much money are you going to make for that degree, that four-year degree you have? Next, after that, wherever you live at, you want to make sure that companies need somebody with that degree. Because if no mm-hmm. company needs somebody, there's there's degrees out there, which is it's just sad to see sometimes. There's degrees that companies don't even use that degree because it's a worthless degree. But if right. it's a worthless money in the college pocket, I mean, college is going to take your money whether it goes. <laughs> right. Some of these degrees you get, it's like you go to like, okay, I got this degree, like, that degree is useless. I mean, there's not even a name in the field for that type of degree that you got. And the thing about it, now you have all this student loan debt that you picked up. I, I mean, 100000 or whatever it costs for you to get that degree for that four years. You still got to pay that stuff back. Yeah. When it comes to the trade, trade gives you another opportunity to learn something. And also, trade is when you learn this, this is a skill that nobody can take from you. This is a skill you always have. So, when it comes down to my life, when it comes down for me working for certain companies, this trade here has caused me to learn so much that I'm able to go out on my own and I'm able to do stuff by myself because I was able to learn. Just like a sponge, I was able to soak everything in, and then I was able to use it for myself to be able to do what I want to do. I'm doing the same thing, but I'm just making money for myself. 
Yep. Yep. Well, thank you for sharing. And I, and while you were talking, I, I fleshed out the numbers also because you said it's about twenty to twenty five dollars on your first year of apprenticeship. That'll make you about, I think, like twenty to twenty two thousand dollars a year. And as a nineteen year old, that's kind of a lot of money. And then if you graduate from the apprentice pro apprenticeship program at twenty two or twenty three years old, you come out, you're able to make fifty to fifty five dollars an hour. If you work a 40 hour work week, which I imagine sometimes you'll probably even work longer depending upon the job. And if you work, you know, uh, 26 pay periods, that's over fifty thousand dollars a year. Which and to share my own personal journey, when I first graduated from college, my first job, I was making 55 a year. So to know that I could have got a, gotten a trade, made money while I was still in school between twenty, twenty five thousand dollars, got a slight increase second, third, fourth year. And then by the time I graduate, I'm making 50 to 55 dollars an hour, which turns out to be between 50 and 55 thousand dollars a year. Man, that. That sounds so appealing, and I wish I wish I was aware of all this now that now that we're learning and talking about it, man. So thank you for sharing how about the uh, the financial side of it. Oh, but that's that's no problem at all. Like you said, there's a a lot of things that we, as we go through life, that we definitely wish we know that would definitely put us in a better place we at. But as yep. you mentioned about the money, like I said, we're about fifty fifty five. So if you look at that for a year. That's one hundred four thousand a year. You take taxes out of that, so let's just say put you around probably eighty or eighty-five thousand. Mm -hmm. Think about a job that you went to for five years. At the same time, you was making money yep. and learning the trade. And after your five years, you're making you're pulling in a minimum of eighty thousand dollars. There's no student loans with that. That is cash money in your pocket. So the four years you're in college, you're just in classes. You're yep. back and forth. Now, the five years you're in apprenticeship, you're not just in class. You're actually out in the field working. Not only are you out in the field working, you're also getting paid for the work you do. So in this process, it's hard to beat because you're learning, you're getting paid, and as an apprentice, you're going year by year. You're making more and more money. All this time, you're getting paid. You're not paying any student loans. So when you come out, first of all, you're not in debt. You're already mm -hmm. on top of the game because you've already been making money for five years. At the same mm -hmm. time, you've already been learning for five years. You already mm -hmm. have everything you need. You don't mm -hmm. have to go look and find a job because more than likely, the job you already got one. At, when you topped out, you're already yep. there. You don't have yep. to look for a job. And when mm -hmm. it comes down to the trade, I'm not, like I said, I'm out the local 189. If I need a job, I just go to the union hall. I just go look at a piece of paper. There'll be 10 jobs sitting there. All I do is just sign the job and go to it. I, I don't I don't fill out applications. I don't have to go through that normal stuff that people have to do to hopefully get a job. Yep. I just go to the union hall. Place opens up at 7 in the morning. They might have 10 jobs sitting there on the counter. I just go Man. sign it. If Man. I go sign it, and my number is the shortest on there, you know what I do? I just go right to the job. I don't fill out no applications. Man, that man, wow, that sounds so appealing. So now let's um let's let's jump into actually some of the work that you've accomplished um while you're while you're out there working. So uh, I guess you know you talked about how you look at your job as bringing luxury to people, helping people feel comfortable uh, in their lives. You know who hates coming into the house being sweaty and then sitting down on the couch, and now your body's all sticky on the couch. You want to come in and feel comfortable. So as you think over your career. What has been the proudest achievement that you've done? Uh, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, what's been the proudest achievement you accomplished in your career so far? 
I will say the proudest achievement that I accomplished is that I was able to, as a sponge, I was able to soak everything in and I was able to understand everything, which then caused me to be able to branch out on my own and mm. then start my own business. Respect. So now mm-hmm. I'm, I'm already, I'm doing the same thing that I would be doing there, but instead of doing it for them, I'm just doing it for myself. The process is all the same. You're just taking all the profits yourself instead of having that middleman in front of you. Yeah. So you know what you and, and now I have an even more question. So as you, you know, now that you are in business ownership, and so you can see how much a job fully costs versus taking on a job and only receiving your salary. Uh, what percentage of a job does the worker receive versus what the the employer receives? Uh, did that make sense? Yeah, you, if you go down okay. to percentages, put it this way, you, you're probably going to pull maybe 15 to 20%. Oh, wow. That's that money goes to the employer. That's oh, for wow. any job. Because any job you do, you're not, you're, you're, you're getting that small cut of yeah. the big profit that they're making. Yep. So whatever yep. whatever they make, you're 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 getting, believe me, a real small cut off of what they're actually getting. They're, yep. They're not trying to. <laughs> look, they they ain't trying to pay you that much money. You know what I'm saying? They're, they're going to give you. They're going to give you what the numbers are. If if you make fifty dollars an hour, okay, they're going to give you that because they got to give that to you. Man, they, they ain't trying to give you no extra. Right. It comes down to a lot of stuff. Out of a hundred percent, you may make fifteen to twenty out of that that you're going to get from out of the company because most of that money goes to the company so when you do this when you do something so long it doesn't matter what you're in you know you start it depends if if you have that that entrepreneur mindset or something like that if you have the mindset where you want to do your own thing i mean some people don't want some people want to just work for a company that is fine everybody doesn't have that mindset to want to do that because you're like in that comfort zone some people are just comfortable with where they're at that's fine, and that's understandable. No one wants to push anybody to go anywhere. Everything has to move on your own terms. But you get that mindset, and when you start understanding, if you understand the job, you can do it for yourself. At the same time, you can start a small business, and you don't have – see, most of these companies have so much overhead that they got to pay for. It's why you only make so much. So uh. if you go out there and start you a small business company, and when you don't have all that overhead – you're going to bring in all kinds of money because you don't have all the extra stuff that you got to pay for like most of these bigger companies have. Yeah, that reminds me, Um, I, I don't even know who made this quote, but people were talking about professional athletes and how much money they make and it's millions. And then there was this light bulb moment that says, hey, you know, if an athlete is making this many millions while they're playing, just imagine how much the owners are actually making from what they're doing. And so I love how you brought up. Uh, thank you for sharing that. You know, that estimate of about fifteen to twenty percent is what an employee is actually making from the whole, from the value that they're uh, creating, or um, the return on investment is the the business term we like to use. You know, so uh, thank you for sharing that that estimate. I appreciate it. Now, um, thank you for. Sh- I-, I love that you've gotten into to business ownership. And you talked about um, how you know soaking, just being a sponge and learning as much as you can. Um, and I guess, and you, and you can share whether, you know, from being an owner or actually being out in the field and using your hands and, but when, you know, when do you feel the most powerful in your job? 
I'm going to say feeling the most powerful is when you understand the complete project. Okay. When it comes down to anything, when it comes down to anything I do, whether it comes to me, I, I love, I love working with my hands. I'm mm-hmm. good when it when it comes to figuring stuff out. When it comes to reading prints, when it comes to looking at schematics, anything that has to do to troubleshooting, anything that has to do with you going to the computer, looking it up, and trying to find out a better way to always do something, I'm really good at that stuff. But when you're able to take all of that and you're able to condense that all in one and you understand all the aspects, it makes you a better person. It makes your job easier. If I go out to a job and somebody needs a new AC put in, I already have numbers to give you because I know what everything costs. Mm-hmm. I know what all the part. I, I know where to get my stuff. Mm-hmm. I know what parts cost. I know times that places are open. I know who has the best deals. I know who has what brands. Once I go to your house, before I even go to your place, I already know what the square footage of your house is before I get to you. If I got your address, I can get all that information. So when I come to you, I already have stuff in my head because I already know the customer is always going to have questions they want to give me. You throw all the questions you want at me because I guarantee when you throw the questions at me, I'm always going to have an answer for you because I'm already prepared and mentally ready to give you anything that you want after you ask me. I'm always want to be prepared and I want to be quick at giving my customers this information. It makes them understand that I'm reliable. Mm-hmm. They make sure that I'm not the one jumping around and just throwing some bull at you. I'm going to give it to you 100%. Everything that I do, it's like you got to understand it. Once you understand it, your job is easy after you understand how to do everything. Once you understand everything, you can more, you can relax, you can get that chill mode just a little bit because you know what's going. You're finally in that top seat of understanding what's going on. Makes sense. And I, um, what was I? What was I thinking while you were talking? Well, you know, we'll come back to that at the end. But thank you for sharing. You know, um, uh, that learning uh, and being knowledgeable of cost, uh, uh, even your own time. You know, I guess you know you have to factor that into the price also. You know how valuable your time is. Um, that makes you feel powerful, and that also builds into the business ownership. So awesome. Um, so. I want to switch things up a little bit and ask you a couple of questions that uh, talk about some of the tough times you may have ex- you may have experienced. So we've talked a lot about how this is a great cra- a great career, how having a trade uh, you know empowers you, especially since you like to work with your hands and there's a skill that no one can take from you. Uh, but as with anything, there's a bad and an ugly side of it too. Um, so you know if you could talk to your younger self. What's a watch out that you would give yourself about some of the negative things that somebody could experience going into this career? All right, I, I guess when it comes to a watch out, you want to you want to make sure that you get you can learn everything as possible. So when it comes mm-hmm. down to within your five years as an apprentice, you want to learn all you can. After those five years is done, remember, like you're on your own now. And you don't want to be that one that doesn't know or doesn't understand nothing because you didn't build or understand the information when it's there. Mm. So when it comes down to a lot of stuff we do, I mean, you, you go with the goods and the bads. When it comes down to pumping and piping, I'm, I will admit, it's a dirty job. Mm-hmm. Everybody's, not, everybody's not built for a dirty job. It's also <laughs> hands-on. 
It's also hand. I mean, some people go for dirty jobs, right? I mean, yeah. Some people be in a suit. Some people be in a suit in the office. There, there ain't nothing wrong with that. I, I mean, everybody's just built different. Okay, um, I don't. I'm not a suit person. I don't wear mm-hmm. suits to church. The only time I have a suit on is at a funeral. I have the same suit because I barely have to wear this thing anywhere. I got a right. But if I go to funeral, I have a black suit. I don't wear the church because I, I don't wear suits. It's not my thing. I'm, I'm not. I don't like sitting in office all the time. I like moving around. I feel like when I move around, it feels like time just goes by faster because you're doing something. Yep. So when it comes down to my field, let's just say you, you, you work outside a lot, and when it comes just when it comes to climate conditions, you know what I mean. You, you're gonna be working out in the heat. You're gonna be out there sweating. You also gonna be working out there when it's freezing cold. So I, I've been out. I've been out in over 100 degree weather, man. I've also been out way past when it's negative 32. Like see, when it's negative 32, we still outside working. Yeah. Things don't change because now if you got an inside jo- office job, remember, don't forget to thank me for that heat that you got in that. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I never, I never knock anybody. I always give it. You, you got off the job. Listen, stick with it, cause you have what's called climate control. When it's thirty degrees outside, when you see it snowing outside, and let's say when you look outside that window and you see all the people out there working doing construction, like you in there and you got probably seventy degrees in there. As a matter of fact, while you're in there nice and warm, you can thank the people that's outside because they're also making sure that you have them certain temperatures. That way, you're always comfortable. So Respect, yeah. Matter what the weather is or what's going on, you know, it's like whether it's cold or where it's hot outside, you're out there. Now, when it comes down to the field, I'm in. I, I know since I've been in there, we've had a lot of times where things have got real slow, like there wasn't a lot of work out there. So when when this happens, you know, like say people start getting laid off, you I mean, you might be sitting at your house for a while if there's no work out there. But also, what you can do, we have a lot of out of town work which those are called travelers. And you can go out of town and you can go work for another hall over in different states. Now, it all depends on the person and how built you are. Some people can't do that. I mean, you go out of town for a couple months and you go make some money. Some people like being at home. Some people don't like being away from their loved ones. I mean, that's all on you. But them, them certain times when times get low, you might have to go out of town and work. Now, right now, times is real good. But don't yeah. get me wrong, that time when it might be bad, anything can happen. You always got to be ready for the unexpected. So for myself, what's the uh, I mean, what's, what's the longest? What's the longest you've spent away from home for work? The longest I spent away from home it'd be about what three months. Damn, yeah, that is a long time. Okay, okay. And that was I was over. I was in Alaska during that time. Alaska? Right. What were you doing up? What were you doing up there? I've, I've worked. I worked in Alaska two times, and when I, I work on the Alaska pipeline. Oh wow! Damn. Okay. Okay. Where, where else have you worked? Uh, I, I know you've been able to travel the country. Where else have you worked? Well, I can say travel. Well, okay. When it comes to travel country, I've worked in what I worked in Illinois, Michigan. I worked in California, mm. Idaho, Utah, mm. Mississippi, Las Vegas. Uh, what we got? Wood River, Illinois. That was a refinery that I was working. I've I worked at all kinds of refineries, man. I, I love them. Yeah, it's the, the thing about it was so funny. A lot of these out of town jobs, it's so weird because you make more money, but you do less work. 
some of uh, these refineries, what they're called, they call them shutdowns. What they do is that they have more people than what they need just in case. Something. You know, you always got that in case because you never right. know how many you might need. So you always want to have an extra 100 people because you might happen to need all of them. You might yeah. not, but just in case. You always got that just in case in your head because you never know what happens. You just want to be prepared for something. Even if it doesn't happen, at least you were prepared for it. So a lot of gotcha. places, like we say, the best place I have, I've done a lot of out-of-town work, and, I mean, I've loved it. And me traveling, me traveling has just actually built a lot of friendships with a lot of different union halls, or I could just call them directly. Plus, it has caused me to meet a whole lot of journeymen, plumber, you know, journeymen, uh, pipe fitters, a lot of journeymen, journeywomen. But my best job out of town will probably be Alaska. I've done a lot of work out in Alaska. I know a lot of people out there. I've worked all up and down the Alaska pipeline. We was on a, it's called the Shoe Center Crew. You, you got a, you got a 60 inch pipe of crude oil that goes through Alaska 24 seven. All that pipe that runs through there, they sit on what's called shoes. And those shoes sit on a beam because everything has to be mounted and sturdy on that beam if they're not. All that pipe can start cracking. If it starts cracking, uh, you're going to have another issue after that. So we would go around, and we would have cranes and everything with us. And what we would do, all the shoes that pretty much were about to fall off, because someone pretty much has already went ahead of us and figured all this out, we would bring cranes out. We would have a big crew with us. And what we would do, we would pretty much center everything back on these pipelines. So that actually allowed me to see a lot of Alaska, which is a wonderful place. I'm not gonna lie, man. When I when I first went out there the first time, dude, I had I had all winter clothes. When I went out there last year, I had nothing because that's, that's right. I that's what you think. Alaska, right, it's cold. Alaska, all you see is snow. It's all right. cold. I mean, that's all I've ever seen. So it's funny because when I went down to Alaska, man, I had all winter stuff. And when I went out there, dude, it was a hundred degrees out there. So when I got Yikes. when I got Yikes. There, I, had, I, had to go find, I had to go find a thrift store. Went to the thrift store, right? And I had to go buy I had to get all new stuff because it was burning up out there. It was burning Damn. up. Yeah. At the same yeah, time, yeah. you got twenty four seven you got twenty four seven daylight. From the time I was there, it don't get dark. Right. So that was another thing you had to get used to you was out there. So I'd say when I was out there, it, it was a pretty fun time out there. Very cool. Very cool. Now, let me ask you this, then. Um, I know you do a lot of interaction with customers, uh, you know, maybe even with some union peers. And sometimes things can go a little left or a little uh, unpredictable. So what's been the wildest experience? You know, I think something that was the most unexpected thing that's happened to you while you've been out there working. And that can be with either a customer or or with maybe a, a, a peer that you're working with on the job, or even an employer? What's the wildest thing that's ever happened? The most unexpected, will I'll say on my end, would be meeting the right people. Mm, okay. A lot of these times, yeah, it would be meeting the right people, because you never know what you get into when you're out there. As, as I've been doing this for quite a while, and even like when it goes to trucking, it goes the same with that. When you're out there and doing a lot of these jobs, that you never know that time when you meet the right person. Because a lot of times, you know, you'll, you'll hear something like it's it's not it's it's all it's it's all about it's not what you know. Sometimes it, it might be the person that you happen to just go by that ends up changing your whole life around. Mm-hmm. 
people that you know, you might be just in that right spot where you end up meeting someone that was doing the same thing that you're doing, and you'll be surprised you meeting that person changed your whole life around where it made a whole lot of things better for you, and then you end up being able to have that direct contact one-on-one with that person that was able to bring you all kinds of money. Gotcha, gotcha. Cool. Now, uh, now I want to switch uh, switch gears a little bit, and I want you to think abstract, all right? So imagine, imagine you've hired a painter to commemorate the work that you do in a visual form. So we've talked a lot about what you do, but if you had to describe the work that you do to a painter, what would you tell that painter to draw? Mm-hmm. I would have a big old roll of prints, a schematic pulled out in front of me looking at, and I'll probably be sitting down looking at it and thinking of what's the next step. Mm. That whole print of schematics, when you look at a pair of schematics, that is how everything is going to look when you put it in the air. Mm. So me, my, mine will be a painter pretty much of me looking down at a set of prints, getting things together. And just checking to see where everything's going to go so everything's put in the proper position. Bet, bet, bet. All right. And so then my next question, uh, you know, each industry, profession, career has their own language and acronyms that they use. So as it relates to the work you do, what is your favorite term or favorite acronym that you use? down to a lot of stuff everybody uses a lot of everybody wants to use a lot of big words <laughs> a lot of words and the thing about it that's one thing i do when it comes down to a lot of stuff you know it's like i keep things simple yep. I keep it basic so you can understand it yep and whether it comes to the plumbing and pipe in the field or whatever it comes to what you do sometimes a lot of these places have these certain words so that way you just don't understand what you're saying I yep. never care for none of that. If I if I speak to you, if I if I come to you as an HVAC technician, I'm going to talk to you in the. Ba- I'm I'm pretty. I always say this to somebody. Okay, look, when you talk to me, talk to me as if I'm just a baby, just a little kid. Talk mm-hmm. to me like I don't know nothing. So pretty much, tell me in the simplest form. You don't have to use no big words. Just explain it to me basically, so that way a person understands. You don't have to put in all the fancy talk that a certain person might use to make it sound more abstract or more bigger than what it is. Mm-hmm. All the acronyms, I've, I've heard a lot of them when I went through the trade. I never cared for it. Because even mm. now, as I'm out, when I, when I do work, I give it to you basic. I'm going to give it to you easy. I'm going to give it to you simple. All that extra junk, sometimes when I talk to people, I don't put all that junk in there because a lot of stuff that you might say, they don't understand it. So keep it real, it was a waste of your time even talking about it with a lot of yeah. people because if they don't understand that stuff you're saying, don't even give all that extra junk that that gets people confused. When you talking to somebody, you start giving that plumber, pipe fitter language. Unless you in the field, you won't understand that. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, so you still there? there you oh, okay. To give the, yeah, when you're out there, you got to give these customers, give it to them simple, Uh-oh. give it to them basic. Yep. 
pretty much like tell me as if I don't know what you're about to do. Give it to me in the simplest form will make this job a whole lot easier. Bet. And that's uh, that shows a lot of respect that you give to your customers. So salute to you for having that perspective. I imagine people do that to try to sound smart so that they can maybe even charge a higher price. But if you just put it in layman's terms, it just shows a certain level of respect that you give to your customers. So salute to you for that. So we're coming down to the end of the show, and I got a curveball question for you. Something that I didn't put, uh, didn't let you know I was going to ask, but there is no right or wrong answer. It's just intended for the listeners to learn a little bit about your, uh, you know, your interest and how you think or what you like. So you ready for it? All right, go right ahead. Hit me up. Bet. So imagine you are an A&R for a record company, all right? And you are given an unlimited budget to create a song. And you can put on this song any three artists, dead or alive. And then you can create one producer or beat maker to actually make the, make the sound. Which three artists and which beat maker are you choosing? Hello. All right. All right. I'll go with Eminem. I'll go with Jay-Z. Uh-huh. Go with, let's say I'll go with Kendrick Lamar. And then when heavy it, goes, it goes down to a beat maker, heavy, heavy, man, hey, I, heavy hitters. You want to say beat maker, I got two of them, but you're only saying one, so I'm going to go with Dr. Dre on that one. Okay. Okay. Man. Wow. Dre. You can't. You can't Dre's been, look, think about it. When you look at NWA. And when it comes yeah. to Dre, Dre is a Dre is the guy that came up during our time, actually before our time. And think about it, till this day, he's still at the top of his game. Yeah. When it comes down to beat, when it comes down to beats, when it comes down to making songs. You got yeah. a lot of artists out there, they'll be in the business for a little bit, and you'll hear about them artists no more. The yeah. artists, you know, they they, they like slip on. I lost you, G. It sounds like you maybe went on mute. Are you still there? Hello. All right. Yep, you're back now. You got me? All right. Like uh, When it comes down to a lot of different artists, like I said, uh, Jay-Z, I mean, that, that's one of my favorite artists there. Mm -hmm. This guy's been around a long time. And as, and as he's been around, he also he, he understands change. As, as he's grown... His music has also grown with him. Yep. Yep. This, this man. Guy. I mean, when he talks, he talks a lot of stuff that's like, man, understand what he's saying. He ain't, you don't see Jay-Z walking around talking about chains, talking about bling bling. This dude's talking about buying paintings, you know what I'm saying, hold on mm -hmm. for a certain amount of time so mm -hmm. he can make money off of it. He talks about financial wealth. When it comes mm -hmm. down to a lot of financial wealth, that's where it's at. You got active income, you got passive income. Your whole point of life is to build towards the passive income and have somebody else working on your active so you don't have to physically work for what you got. Yep. Matt, well, thank you for – I know that may be a tough question, but thank you for answering that, man. And you are so right. Dre is still on the top of his game. Him and M just did a song together for the new Grand Theft Auto called Gospel, and I have been playing that song on repeat because the beat is so hard, and they're, they both come with the flow. Have you heard the song yet? 
Y'all heard it, man. It's nice. Yeah. Man, oh, man. Do is nice. If anything yeah. Eminem do is nice. But both yeah, man. Together, that's like, I mean, you can't, you can't, you can't take that apart. That you can't. those two coming together is something that's. I mean, it's amazing when it comes music wise. They always gonna put a nice combination together. And even as long as Eminem's been out, man, it's, that Eminem's one of my favorite artists. You know? Hell yeah. Who you know Hell yeah. when it comes down to you wanna when I listen to rap, like I get tired of hearing people talk about the same stuff all the time. <laughs> it's like, you know, we have. A, I mean. Last time I checked, I mean, we, we got a Webster's Dictionary. Yes. Think about it. We got over 10,000 words in the English language, which would be surprising. Don't none of us know all those words, but this right. dude here, Eminem, it comes down to understanding. I mean, this guy knows how to dissect the dictionary down to he don't have to use all the same crap that some of these people use. You know, he's able to break it down. He's he's able to use that the mentals, which makes him a better artist. Yeah, yeah, man. Well said, well said. Well, Quentin, man, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your journey and career. Uh, I definitely wanted to highlight you because of how important your work is, and it often goes unheralded, and people take for granted that we have plumbing and heating and cooling and like you said it is actually a luxury and so i wanted to give you a platform and you know give your trade and career um awareness as a, a field for people to go into so once again thank you so much for coming on i was even thinking that you know i, I want to turn this into a tv show and i would love to actually follow you around for a week come out with you for a week do jobs with you and actually see what the work is like because it sounds so enriching being able to work with your hands, help people out, bring relief and satisfaction to people. So thank you once again for coming on the show, man. I really appreciate it. You have a business. What's the name of your business and where can people find you at? My business is called Harden HVAC and Plumbing. You can look me up on Yahoo. You can look me up on Yelp. You find me on Facebook. You know, if, if I'm not there, I will be there, but... If anybody wants to get a hold on me, got your pencil on a piece of paper. Phone number is 614-384-3094. I don't pull any punches. Get a hold on me, asking me whatever you want. Feel free to call me anytime. I'm an open book. If you want something you got to tell me, I'm always open to learn. So get a hold of me whenever you need to. Love it. Love it. Thank you again, man. No problem, man.